Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go on a Thursday, raring to go. We're in the summer. We're going to have an NBA champ soon. It's the herd wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Man, oh man, J-Mac. I love Jokic. I know a lot of people think he's boring. I don't. I think winning's not boring. Winning is fun. He's amazing. I think I just like his bad game in the finals, the game we criticized, he had 40. <laughs> Is it time to start talking about where he ranks top 10 centers all time? It's higher than a lot of people think already. I think so. Let's start with this. Um, his game is so layered, and that's the great thing. It's a little Magic Johnson. That Magic did so many things well. He could shoot. He could pass. He could rebound. He initiated the offense, the catalyst. Jokic, similarly, even a player as great as Steph or Luka, if they don't shoot well, they don't feel the same. They don't have the same impact. Jokic does so many things well. What's his bad game? When's the last time he had one? And what's interesting, I find interesting and really cool about the NBA right now, that Giannis, Jokic, and Luka are the three best players in the league, and they're all foreign-born. And here comes Victor Wembenyama. Foreign-born players, in my opinion, are more mature. Jokic, Luka were playing against men when they were 15, 16 years old. They're not on IG waving around guns. They come into this league having played against men, and they're very mature. They're also very focused on basketball. They're not consumed with their brand or a shoe deal. It is all about hoops. They're also, and let's be honest about this, we're all a little bit like this. I just went abroad. When I go abroad, I feel like a visitor. I'm more gracious. I'm more polite. I'm in somebody else's house or land. 
The players come over from overseas. They come here, and they're loyal to Milwaukee. They're loyal to Denver. Victor Wimbanyama, when he got drafted, said, I can't wait to get to San Antonio. They're going to get a great team player. There's gratitude. There's skill. There's maturity. I love Jokic. You don't see foreign-born players, at least recently, that I can recall have a trade request or get pouty if they're criticized by the media. They're not on IG. I don't even think Jokic Jokic is even on IG. He's not. He's not even on it. He doesn't care about it. And I think it's refreshing. That doesn't mean we don't have great players here. But we're also very patient with our foreign-born players often because they didn't play at Kansas. They didn't play at Duke or Carolina or UCLA, Gonzaga, Arizona. So we didn't watch them in March Madness. We don't have high expectations. So we let them quietly enter the league and slowly and deliberately work into stardom. It's really a nice path, a really nice path. And I think Jokic is a great example of it, is that he comes in mature and focused, uh, very much about basketball. He'll never leave Denver. Given the opportunity, he's not leaving Denver. Giannis doesn't want to leave Milwaukee. And it's refreshing. That's not to say I don't love big personalities. I love Shaq and Kobe. I love Magic Johnson. But this is cool, too. That if you look at what is happening to basketball, and frankly, outside of the NFL, all of our sports, it's all becoming very, very global. And because these players, they're not in the March Madness buzzsaw. They come in second round, 10th pick, 12th pick. We don't have huge expectations. Now, Wembenyama is going to have some big expectations. But I love Jokic. I love everything about him. 30, 20, and 10. And his response to his historic performance was perfect. When you have a line that's never been accomplished before in in finals history, what do you think of that? Um, To be honest, I just think it's a win, you know. Because if we lose, nobody's going to even mention. Even I mean, to be honest, I I don't care. it's just uh, it's just a stat. Yeah, that's perfect. For the record, optics and aesthetics and style and fashion has always mattered in the NBA. And I'm good with it. I love Dr. J. I love his flair. I love his style. And that's okay. But this is good too. And this is about winning and basketball, not your IG. I like this too. We can have both. I think the NBA is in a great space. I think they're ascending. I wish our company would go grab some. Uh, I think what Jokic is about, it's almost a football mentality. Get me in, focus on my sport, win games, worry about the other stuff later. Good for him. So this is an interesting story. Now, from time to time, I have offered a suggestion to the Boston Celtics. I would term these as brilliant trade scenarios. That's how I view them. The blogosphere probably disappears or disagrees, excuse me. But um, here's a story. So the Phoenix Suns like Chris Paul. They don't want to pay him. So according to multiple sources, now Woj says it's close but not done yet. Phoenix may move off Chris Paul. And I understand. I wouldn't want to pay him big money either. So immediately you hear the ridiculous Chris Paul to the Lakers stories. Oh, stop. Like they need another old, broken-down, expensive guy. 
He's a terrible fit for the Lakers. Also, Austin Reeves can run their offense. LeBron can run their offense. They need three-point shooters. Chris Paul is a mid-range guy, an old guy, an expensive guy, a broken-down guy. He's the worst fit for the Lakers. Stop. But there is a really, really good team that makes a lot of sense, and let me throw it out to you. The Boston Celtics. Send Marcus Smart to Phoenix, Chris Paul to Boston, and here's why. Marcus Smart is exactly what Phoenix needs. Because of Kevin Durant's history of breaking down, they need a guy that's younger, plays 65-70 games along with Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So when KD gets hurt, they've got their other three stars, Ayton, Smart, and Booker. He's also tough. He's physical. I think Phoenix could use some of that. Booker's an okay guard, not great. Defensively, Smart is great. Coachable. Frank Vogel, new coach, loves guys like Marcus Smart. Loves him. Physical. Not going to be a ball hog. Also, I think Phoenix needs a true point guard. They have one in Chris Paul, but he's not available. So when he's not available and KD's not available due to age and brittleness, it's a wreck. So he obviously fits. Now you say, well, why would Boston want Chris Paul? Hear me out. Who are the Celtics two stars? Young in their prime. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They play 70 games. They play a lot of minutes. It's okay if Chris Paul plays 55 games. It's okay if he plays 30 minutes, not 40. Because they've got that covered. And this team in Boston doesn't play with a lot of intention offensively. They don't have a true quarterback. Marcus Smart's a defensive guard first. Jalen Brown's a wing. Malcolm Brogdon's a combo. Tatum's a wing. They just freewheel it. They freelance it. They have trouble getting into their offense. Here's another stat that's clear and inarguable is that Marcus Smart leads the Celtics in assists in the regular season, but he doesn't in the postseason. They don't trust him. Jason Tatum does. You want your wing facilitating your offense? That's like what the Clippers have had for three years. It doesn't work. Paul George and Kawhi are great wing players. They're not facilitators. They're not quarterbacks. They're receivers. It's the same thing with Marcus Smart. He's a defensive-minded guard. Chris Paul is an offensive-minded guard who was all NBA two years ago. Yeah, you're only going to get 58 games from him. So what? Tatum plays 68-70. to 70. Brown plays 68-70. to 70. The Celtics draft and develop well. They've got young guys on the bench. This makes sense to me. You bring him in. Do you really want to pay Marcus Smart for the next three years? The Boston thing, folks, they didn't get to the finals. They've been to the finals once. It didn't work. You can just stay and keep doing the same stuff. What Phoenix needs is somebody that is there every night and with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant both getting older and susceptible to injuries, it often leaves Devin Booker to score 45 or they lose. Smart KD Booker and an improved DeAndre Ayton with Frank Vogel who loves bigs. That's a championship team. That is a championship potential team. Meanwhile, Boston, they don't have a facilitator. They don't, and Chris Paul is. He's offensive-minded. Well, he's not much for defense. Tatum and Brown are. Robert Williams near the basket is. They got enough defense. They don't need to double down on defense. They need to double down and find a quarterback and a facilitator and somebody to get them into their offense. So the Lakers thing is nonsense. Chris Paul to the Lakers is nonsense. He's older, he's broken down, he's expensive, 
Anthony Davis misses games. LeBron misses games. You want your third best player playing 55 games? But Boston doesn't have that issue. Boston's two stars play every night and play big minutes every night. That makes sense. If I was Phoenix, I'd, I'd do a deal tomorrow to get Marcus Smart. And if I was Boston, I would do the same deal. Remember, Marcus Smart's never going to be all NBA. You got two of those guys, right? You got a Jalen Brown. You got, a, you got Jason Tatum. And two years ago, you had Chris Paul. This year that was so terrible, he was 15-9. and nine. He's still, from the mid-range, a lethal, lethal offensive weapon in big spots in the NBA. So there you go. Call it crazy. Boston, you can just sit there and be patient. All right. I saw the Bruins lose in Game 7. The Red Sox aren't doing anything. Where are you going? Got to make stuff happen. Aggressive wins. You can just keep the same hand to the table. I think you got to make a move. It's not a huge move. You're not moving Jalen Brown. You're not moving Jason Tatum. You're not moving your wing defender. You're not moving Malcolm Brogdon. You're just moving Marcus Smart. You're going to get a better offensive player, a true offensive guard, a veteran, a smart guy who can play with Tatum and Brown, doesn't need to be the star. He's on the right side of the ball offense because that's what at times you needed. Did you watch the Celtics play against Miami? What happened? What happened to their offense in the fourth quarter? They had trouble getting into it. Won't have that problem with Chris Paul. Tell him, play 45 regular season games. Play three out of four playoff games. Just be available for a game six or a game seven. That's what ended Boston's season. A game six and a game seven. Not the regular season stuff that Chris Paul could miss. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're now entering the No Bull Zone, sponsored by Credible Great Rates and None of the Bulls. So Lionel Messi is now going to play for Inter-Miami on the MLS. Uh, He'll probably be at least a goal per game, even as an older player. Uh, He is globally one of the two biggest athletes in the world. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi are probably one, too. He is significantly globally more popular than LeBron. Not that Instagram is everything, but LeBron has 154 million Instagram followers. Messi has 470 million. It's not even remotely close. Uh, But Messi in Miami will look like a little bit like an older LeBron. He will be remarkable in moments, remarkable in spurts. He'll have remarkable highlights. The MLS does not attract stars internationally in their prime, but they're now getting them consistently. And just to give you the impact of this player, um, the cheapest seat for the LA Galaxy's opener is $24. When they pay, play Miami, the cheapest seat is $489. He is a complete global difference maker. I have tr- twice tried to invest in the MLS, and I just can't afford it. I think they're smart. I think they're boutique stadiums. Their fan bases feel European. The in-game environment's excellent. The academy is slowly becoming something, but it is becoming something, their academy system. And they are now on a regular basis going and getting the world's biggest soccer stars. I think it's fantastic for Miami. I cannot wait to watch him play. He's fresh off a World Cup performance that was one for the ages. Um, global superstars, I, I, I always used to use... It was my late mother. I used to always say, if my mom hasn't heard of you, you're just a star. My mom had never heard of Derek Jeter. My mom had heard of A-Rod. That's the difference. Sports fans tend to think everybody follows sports. Messi is massive for the MLS. It's the biggest moment in the history of the franchise. Think Beckham times two. And Beckham was big uh, when he arrived here in the States. So and, and, and Miami uh, is, is not right now a great team, so they need him badly. But any Kardashian, he's bigger. The Rock, he's significantly bigger. LeBron, Beyonce, Messi is significantly bigger. Uh, I don't know why I know that, but my staff told me that this morning, and I'm going to trust their right on the Kardashian angle. Uh, but this is a remarkable moment as sports is getting global and the NBA is being furnished with more remarkable international players. I think it's pretty cool that the MLS, our domestic soccer league, can go out and bring a superstar, not a star, a mega superstar uh, on our soil regularly. I think it's really cool, and I can't wait to watch. J-Mac with the news. 
This is the Herdline News. So there's an interesting clip here circulating about Damian Lillard. A lot has been speculated. Will he leave Portland? Join a contender? Does he want to stay and build something? Well, he was recently on Showtime's The Last Stand with Brian Custer, talking about hypothetical trades. And uh, one of these teams makes sense. The other one, Colin, listen to this. If one of those trades went, went through... Out of those teams, which one would you be like, oh, that's not too bad? <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Bam is my dog, for real. Okay. But I mean, I think Miami the obvious one. Brooklyn is the obvious one. Is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog, too. So, I mean, and both, ha- and both are, you know, capable, have capable rosters, so... Brooklyn has a capable roster, Coward? What is he talking about? Brooklyn? Miami's interesting. Well, certainly. I don't know how you get them. Maybe showcase Tyler Hero here in the finals. Well, Uh, I mean, Miami's got some shooters, and they're younger. So Dame's older. uh, So, I mean, to to give me a couple of draft picks and a, I don't know, Caleb Martin, a a bunch of different players. That's good you brought up Caleb Martin. Is he thriving because of Heat culture, or is he thriving because he's just a really damn good player? I think the Heat culture is probably half of it. So what is Caleb Martin in Portland? Well, where maybe make... the structure's loosey-goosey. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I would just do a straight swap. No, I no, would no. want multiple picks. But if you gave me Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, multiple picks... You know, then all the you bring in a third team. I get, you know, I, I would need for a star. I'd need, yeah. But I mean, if you give me Caleb and Tyler Hero in a three-point league, and those are younger players with a lot of years of prime left, that's very interesting. As great as Dame is, he's out of his prime. He's probably got two more years left yeah. to play in sixty games. But if, I, I, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's. I can say two things and believe two things. I love Dame, but the prime years are over. He's a smaller athlete who's now getting kind of hurt regularly, but he is the kind of player. He's got a Jimmy Butler feel where would he be great in a big game in the playoffs? Absolutely. And that's what they need. Bam Butler and Dame Lillard, I don't care about the regular season. I mean, this team barely got into the playoffs now. I think Miami is the kind of franchise because like a a Yankees, um, you know, you get these, these college programs. They're about the playoffs. Miami's not about the regular season. They don't care. The Steelers, they got to start winning playoff games, right? You got all these rings and trophies. So I think for Miami, I don't care, you know, can I generate two great years with Bam, Butler, and Dame? Two great championship level years. By the way, this is another reason, J Mac, that Boston has to sit there and think, can we make a move? Because you know, Miami's not sitting pat. Milwaukee's going to redo their roster. So this idea right. that everybody, Boston's just like, we'll be patient. Well, Miami's better than you now, and Miami's going to add a piece. When you watch Jamal Murray emerge as a major superstar in this league, playing with a guy like Jokic, doesn't Dame have to think, man, I could sure use a center like Bam out of bio to be alongside. Like, how much better will Dame look next to Bam and Jimmy Butler? Like, Dame should automatically be forcing this trade to happen. I mean, Jamal Murray, Colin, is looking like one of the top 15 players in the league. He looks like a superstar, does he not? Yeah. Playing with Jokic. Dame is playing, uh, no no disrespect to Nurkic, uh, not quite Jokic, you know? No, not quite Bam Adebayo. No, Nurkic is a good player. He's hurt a lot, but he is a good player. But yeah. I know I think to your point, if I said right now, just forget the regular season. If I said Dame, Bam, and Butler, 
That's the, best team in, that's the best team in the East. Absolutely. Ab- it's the best playoff team in the East. Yeah. Bam, Butler, you know, another... I would take them over the Celtics. So would I. Yeah. I absolutely Bam, Butler, Dame, and, a, you know, a Duncan Robinson, somebody else that can, can get hot. You can, they can find guys. They can find drafted dudes everywhere. Whatever. Come on. Yeah. Uh, to you and I both. That's yeah. why when I throw this Marcus Smart, Chris Paul thing out for the Celtics, do you think Pat Riley's just going to sit back and go, yeah, I'm just going to stand Pat? You always got to be improving. Always, always looking for room for improvement. Uh, next story. NBA Commission Adam Silver said yesterday the league is revisiting the idea of a U.S. versus international format for the All-Star game. He said it would be, as the game becomes more global, it would be exciting to see All-Star Weekend open up to a game of U.S. versus international. The problem, of course, is some of these international guys, they're not great at an All-Star game format. Jokic, Jokic yeah. doesn't really work. Yeah, Giannis is going to get his. Luka's going to be fine. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm not. I don't. I like the All Star Game. I know I'm in the minority. A lot of people don't. You're, you're not a big fan, right? I, I like the baseball All Star Game. I think it's cool. I'll watch that one. Yeah, I like alley oops, dunks, Steph yeah, Curry threes in the logo. Uh, every I time think I court. think it's gotten embarrassing. I think the NBA All Star Game's gotten incredibly embarrassing. I thought this year was a joke. I mean, they're not. They're not playing. I mean, they're not even attempting defense. It's garbage. Yeah. Well, I do when wonder if the best if... player in your league, Jokic, when the best player in your sport doesn't fit into your All Star Game. Tweak your All Star. Yeah. Well, when Benyama does arrive this year, he's gonna he should be an All Star. They need to showcase him. I know he's young. Um, by the way, I did float this. If you've got the number one pick and you're the Spurs, and the Denver Nuggets come to you and say, "We'll give you Jokic, give us one Benyama," is that a deal you would entertain? It's not going to happen. Well, we've talked about this before. How I many would, guys? I would take Jokic. You would keep Jokic. 28. Jokic has six more years, five more years of prime. He's okay. the best player in the world. I'm getting... Weminyama's, what, 19? And, and and by the way, his body, Chet Holmgren, tweaks an ankle. That's fair. Sam Bowie. I've seen seven, list, three guys. That list we did of guys you would trade for Wembenyama earlier was like three dudes. It was like Giannis. Would, would you not trade Jokic for Wembenyama? I, I, don't, I just don't know if it's... That's what a, that's what a, that's like a Bitcoin guy. <laughs> you say, can I give you 10,000 shares of Microsoft or Bitcoin? And the guy's like, oh, um, give me the Bitcoin. I, I, How's that doing today? I'll take the Microsoft the stock. Way, Jokic is dominating so much at this point. He looks... He's the best player in the league. And by the I, way, his game... Doesn't need is not hyper athletic. So Jokic, like you know, certain players like Westbrook in his prime, his game was hyper athletic. He aged fast. He aged quickly. Remember Jose Reyes, the baseball player for the Mets? Okay. Hyper athletic guy. He got old fast, right? Like like like. And I'm not a, a baseball guy, you know. But I mean, if a guy is based on speed and stealing bases yeah. and and turning a single into a double and. It, those guys age fast. So you think Jokic's skill set translates to like when he's 33, 34, he's going to be How old is he fine. right now? I think he's 28, uh, yeah, okay. 28 and four or five months okay. old. Six more years of this. At 34 years old, he's not twitchy. He's not quick. He's not going to get any shorter. He, his game is length, intelligence, passing, butt, angles. His but. game, his game ages but, brilliantly. Like Luca in the offseason, goes to Europe, a, having fun, well, but knocking Lu- back, day drinking. Okay, okay, but Luca needs to be twitchier because he's defending twitchy players. He's a guard. So if I've got a guard at Jalen Brown, if I get slower, I am a defensive liability. You, you got Jokic guarding yeah. AD. I just remember Shaq uh, when well, he Shaq, hit a certain age. You he know, fell he was, apart. And he wasn't as focused. Shaq was great, but he fell apart fast. And his game was also based on power and explosion. So he aged 
quickly. He Jokic's passing ability makes him I mean, Sabonis. Remember Sabonis was like he was older and a great passer. Yeah. So I I think. You know, it's it's a great example. Years ago, there was a guy named Bill Walton, and he fell apart physically. Oh, yeah. And then Bill, later in his career, went to the Celtics. But Bill was such a great asset to the Celtics because he was. it wasn't that he wasn't athletic, but his brain and his passing, he was a catalyst for the offense. It's like Draymond Green has actually aged well. Why? Because what he really does... He's annoying, and he's physical, and he's he rebounds, and, he, and he's a screener. Yeah. So, so much of his game ages well. Not that not that Draymond doesn't have to be twitchy, but he's often defending bigger players who are naturally slower than he so is. So, the trade for Wembenyama list is Giannis, Jokic, Luka, and Curry? No, I'd do the first three. You would trade Curry? For Yo- no, for no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I would, oh. yeah. That, that's the spicy one. No, but Giannis, I would take Giannis, Jokic, Luka over Wembenyama. Steph, I'd sit down and talk about. Tatum. Oh, I'd get rid of Tatum, yeah. You are not a Tatum well, guy. Well, I'm, it's not that I'm not a Tatum. You're not. Come on. I like Does he it. shrink in the big spot? <laughs> get the hell out of here. All right, final story is a uh, breaking news here in the NFL. The Vikings will inform, or they've informed Dalvin Cook that he will be released Tomorrow, if they cannot find a trade partner, they've been leaking this trade stuff out for a while, sending up flags to around the league, and no takers for Dalvin Cook. He's expensive. He spent his entire six-year career in Minnesota, third most rushing yards in team history. He's breaking down, and he's expensive, well, and I like Well, is him. he breaking down, or do running backs simply not matter anymore? Okay, well, We're going to now see. Hold on. Dalvin Cook's on the market. No takers. Kareem Hunt's on the market. No takers. He's like 27 or 28. Yeah. And Zeke Elliott on the market. No takers. Colin, I know people don't like when you say running back is devalued, but when the Chiefs can pick a guy in the seventh round and he can shine, well, when you're paying a quarterback, okay. it makes it tough to pay a running back. Okay, but that's not fair because you could say, well, when you take a quarterback like Brock Purdy in the seventh round, you can afford C-Mac. Okay, the point being is generally the Chiefs hit it out of the park and so do the Niners. You okay. generally don't find a great player in the seventh round. That's an outlier. Give me the greatest seventh round player ever. Uh, I'll the running back your, of the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> no, so I, you, you don't. Kidding. So, I mean, the, Brett Veach, the GM, deserves a lot of credit in Kansas City, but that's a bit of a home run. And, by the way, John Lynch, they didn't think Brock Purdy was going to be that good that fast. No way. There's no way they thought well, he was going to so, go 7 Okay, so is all. it more about the running backs or paying your quarterback or lack no, of No, I'll, I'll give you a prime example. I've thought about this. So the Rams have a kid named Cam Akers, very talented, fumble issue, a little bit of an ego. Yeah. What do they do with him? So I think next year's draft in the first three picks, the Rams are going to go draft a running back because they don't want to pay him. Cam Akers is talented. They're a better football team with Cam Akers. Cam Akers is their best running back. They don't want to pay him. And so it doesn't mean Cam Akers is less talented, but what it means is you have to pay five spots in football, quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, and I would say weapon and corner, but I would go two weapons and no corner. If I had Cincinnati, is basically left tackle, quarterback, weapons. two weapons, edge rusher. Edge. They have two good edge rushers. So that's the world we live in. It's not that you don't like running backs, but if you draft a running back every other year, somewhere between the fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh round, you don't have to pay the position. You got to get safeties, interior linemen, linebackers, and running backs. You have to get value for those players. 
You cannot pay them. It, it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Uh, like we could bring up Todd Gurley. The second contracts for running backs are albatross. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, all, what you need to do is simply you could draft one early, like uh, Lions yeah. did. Who else drafted a running back? Somebody else did. Uh, Falcons. Yeah. That's fine. But when it comes time for the second contract, you cannot pay these guys well, because they fall apart quickly. And I understood why Atlanta was doing it because they want to find out if Desmond Ritter can play. So what they're saying here is for the next four years, we're going to give you a star tight end, Kyle Pitts. Drake London star receiver, great star running back, offensive coach, and we're going to know at the end of this year or next year if you're the guy. There'll be no excuses, no. right? So whereas Will Levis doesn't have much to work with in Tennessee, and if he plays and struggles, is it Will Levis or is it the lack of health? So I totally defend what Atlanta's doing. But I, I Dalvin Cook can play. But you can't sign running yeah. backs who he is. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but he is starting to miss games. Well, he's missed some games, but he's a dual threat. He's like a McCaffrey like where he can catch passes no, and go him. 80 yards in a heartbeat. He's I like very him. good. No, I the think problem is a... you can't pay a running back when you got to pay a quarterback and all these other positions. It's that's just right. not feasible. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are just two days away from the 2023 Belmont Stakes. National Treasure is one of the horses to watch following his win at the Preakness. Now he'll try to go back to back. He takes on a loaded field, including the favorite, Forte, who was the favorite at the Kentucky Derby and then got scratched the morning of the race. The 2023 Belmont Stakes coverage begins Saturday at 4 Eastern on Fox. I like watching horse racing. I didn't even know we had the Belmont until a week ago. Executives going out there making deals. Nobody gave me a heads up on this. I'm like, we got the Belmont? Used to be at NBC. Now we got it. How do they not? It's, it, that would be like the equivalent of the Lakers making a move and not telling LeBron what's going on. That, no kidding. Like, we're just going to make a trade. <laughs> and LeBron, you're like, hey, I'm the franchise. What the heck? You yeah. got to fill me in. No. I, I guess I, that makes me Anthony Davis? Yeah, I think no, so. No, I'm never hurt. Hot and cold. Good days, Damn bad days. Wait, uh, Belmont's fun. Those hor- those those triple crown races. Is are that gr- the one where they have the uh, the porta potty race where the guys run on the top of them and people throw beers at them? No, that's not it. I, I think it is. Yeah, I've done the Belmont before. Okay, I mean, well, I barely remember it. I was yeah. inebriated, but yeah, well, so are many people who are there. <laughs> so I, I, I'm watching. Listen, Miami last night. Miami. Let's be honest about this. They're just not talented enough to not play with energy. They're not that good. They, they can only win if they play harder than Denver and if they hit their threes. That's it. Denver doesn't even have to play hard or hit their threes and can win. Denver didn't play well in game one. And they won. I mean, Denver shot under 30% on threes twice. And they lead the series two games to one. Denver doesn't have to do anything to win. Denver is better. Denver is bigger. They have the best player. They're longer. They have more players in their prime. They have fewer undrafted players. They have more skill. Miami only wins this series if they play a certain way, which is all gas, no breaks, and they hit their threes. I mean, Denver had won seven straight playoff games, seven straight until losing in game two of this series, and even then, They led by eight points going into the fourth quarter. Miami's already lost eight playoff games, five by blowout. They're about culture. They're about playing with energy. I mean, Jimmy Butler talked about it after the game, why he and the Heat lacked energy. Maybe, you know, we're at home. We think we did something. I I don't know. It just can't happen. It won't happen again. It starts with myself. Um, You know, I got to. Like in on a defensive end, I got to go up and, and, and get loose balls. So um, I think if I start playing and doing that, then everybody else has to follow suit. I've said this. When I watch Denver, I see a really, really good basketball team. When I watch Miami, I can't figure out how they're here. They're the classic Cinderella story. They play really hard. All Cinderella teams, college and pro, they play really hard. They usually have a great coach or a great culture. Um, they play with incredible intensity and effort. 
but you're not quite sure why they're there. And Ryan Rosillo was on the show yesterday, and, and I said, have we underestimated the talent Miami has? If you took Miami's roster and Boston's roster and handed it out in dispersal draft, like you wouldn't all of a sudden be taking more Miami players than Boston players. And that really speaks to, one, how prepared Miami is. They're smarter than everybody. They're tougher than everybody. You know, Butler is wired a certain way that you want him closing your games. But some weird stuff has happened along the way. It can't be special, but also to be expected. Because if it were expected, then it wouldn't be special. And that's what this is right now. If they pull this off, Colin, I think it's the most unlikely title run of, of the 40 years that I've been watching the sport. Yeah. There, I, my favorite team as a kid growing up was the Seattle Sonics. And the Sonics had, you know, DJ and Gus Williams and Paul Silas and uh, Jack Sigma from Illinois Wesleyan. And they had this John Johnson, Lonnie Shelton, this mix of characters. And they were kind of considered one of the least talented championship teams ever, even though they had a great coach in Lenny Wilkins and a great backcourt and an emerging star, Jack Sigma at center. Uh, and this team, but but that team in the end, it, it, they didn't have like an overwhelming star, and and Gus Williams was kind of it, and Jimmy Butler was kind of it. But they're a Cinderella story. When you watch them, I don't see a championship team. I see a team that I keep asking, how are they here? And they're here because they play with effort and they're really well coached. I do think if you added another piece to them, like a Dame Lillard with Bam and Butler, then they feel completely different. Then it feels like a championship team. Right now, Miami feels like a Cinderella team. We told you yesterday, we thought Denver was going to win. We thought Denver was going to cover, and they did. Uh, I will say this about Denver, too. Let's just talk like NFL and NBA. Generally in the NFL, you have to have a majority of your players, six or seven guys in their prime. So if you take Kansas City right now, uh, Mahomes is in his prime. Chris Jones is in his prime. Uh, Joe Tooney on the offensive line is in his prime. Travis Kelsey's at the end of it, but still in his prime. And then you have two of their best young players, Creed Humphrey, the center, and a Nick Bolton, the, the linebacker, are not in their prime, but they're stars, and they're moving into it probably by the end of this year. That's the way it works. The Warriors, when they had KD and Steph and Clay and Draymond, KD was at the end of his prime, but you had like your core guys in their prime. Um, that is why I think Denver's the better team. Jokic, long-term deal. Murray, long-term deal. Gordon, Michael Porter, all in their prime. Their oldest player is KCP, and he's not... He's. I think he's probably just moved out of his prime. He's 30 years old, so he's moved out of it. Uh, but you start looking at their best players and their top four, they're all in their prime. And, and that's why I've said the Cincinnati Bengals are just not quite as good as Kansas City. Jamar Chase, now just moving into his prime. Joe Burrow's young, now just moving into his prime. Whereas the Philadelphia Eagles didn't win a Super Bowl, their players are either really old or really young. Jalen Hurts now, this year, just moving into his prime. So when you look at championship teams, and the lines are very, very thin on this, that's why Boston's very concerning. Because Marcus Smart's in his prime, Robert Williams in his prime, Tatum's in the prime, Jalen Brown's in their prime, and they can't get to the finals. That's why you have to make a move. Denver gets their four guys in their prime, they lead in the NBA finals. Boston's got their four guys in their prime, and they gag in game seven at home. That's why you have to make a move. That's the difference between Kansas City and the Cincinnati Bengals. So Kansas City's core players are mostly, I, mean, I don't even know what to make of Travis Kelsey's in his 30s. I, 
He looks like he's in his prime to me. He gets wide open, so he feels like he's in his prime. Mahomes is. Chris Jones is. Joe Tooney is. You want a majority of your guy. That's why I laugh at the Lakers. Who's in the prime? See, I would argue Anthony Davis has moved out of his prime because he's been hurt so many times. Now, KD's out of his prime, obviously, but just moved out of it about two years ago due to several more injuries. AD played a really, really healthy 20 games at the end of the regular season, but before that streak... You and I all thought the same thing. Like, he's, he's out of his prime. He's hurt all the time. I mean, of the last, I was looking at it, of the last 236 possible regular season games, AD's played 132 of them. He's out of his prime. LeBron's out of his prime. So, I mean, if Austin Reeves is your guy in his prime, he should be your fourth best starter on a championship team. Michael Porter is your third or fourth best player on a championship team. And Michael Porter was the player of the year in Washington State. He went to Missouri. He's been a Gatorade this. He's, been, he's making a lot of money. He's the fourth best player on their team. But we talk about team building a lot. Did you see what happened last night? Michael Porter, quick hook, again, was missing his shots. So they turned to Bruce Brown. He wasn't making shots. They went to the rookie, Christian Brown. Yes. Colin, he was extraordinary last night. So when you're building teams, like Brown is going to – be the backup to Porter. He guarded Jimmy Butler twice in the fourth quarter. And Butler I, couldn't score on him. Did you I see know. that? No, it was very... That's a rookie. Yeah, and oh. he, also you could tell he hadn't played much because his energy was through the roof. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. looked like a kid that just ate hard candy. He was like flying all over the living room. Cutting to the basket all the time and Jokic is finding him and Murray and... Yeah. Like, no, Denver deserves a lot of credit and stuff. Huge. First of all, the Denver, the Denver Nuggets have drafted and developed really, really well... And what I like about Denver is, you know, throughout the course of the season, people were like, you don't respect us. It wasn't that we didn't respect you, but we've seen a lot of these young Western teams, OKC, Houston with Chris Paul and Harden, Mm. the KD uh, Westbrook, OKC Thunder, Steve Nash and Phoenix, Sacramento Kings, early 2000s, Sacramento Kings this year. We've seen a lot of these young teams with young players that just can't get past, and this team did. So they're getting the respect they deserve. But Denver's story is one of drafting, coaching, development, Jokic. Jokic's first year in the league, I think he averaged 11 points. Then it was like 17. Then third year, he becomes a star. Well, some of it is luck. We have to admit, okay, uh, Denver would have been an underdog against Boston or Milwaukee in the finals. Giannis gets hurt in the first round. They kind of get pushed around and out. And Boston kind of craters against Miami. Like, Denver got a little uh, – you need a little luck. We've talked about that. I mean, the, I – Rosillo saying this would be one of the most unlikely titles for the Heat. The most unlikely title is the lucky Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard. We would agree on that, right? I mean, they get lucky to beat the Sixers on the craziest bounce ever in Game Seven. Well, by Kawhi, they got and it. then Kevin Durant's out. He plays eleven minutes in the series, and Clay busts his knee out. Like that was a lucky well, title. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I would call it good fortune. You have to get to the championship. I mean, for the record, before that shot went in by Kawhi, what game was it? Was it a Game 7? It was Game 7, and the Sixers had that game in the fourth. I had money on the Sixers. Still ticked off about it. Uh, Yeah. The coach blew the game. I don't want to go back. Yeah, sure. um, But uh, that that was a lucky— Timeout. They got to a Game 7 in the fourth quarter. At home. They were favored. Barely won on a lucky bounce from the corner. Mm. One of the craziest shots ever. I was Kawhi a puddle was, on my Kawhi was arguably the best player in the world for about an hour, and that hour was An hour the- in his career. The only hour he played. You sound like somebody who lost a bet. I, it wasn't a big bet. By the way, one last night. We both hit Denver. I gave out I didn't. Uh, Bam Adebayo over 19.5 points. Cha-ching. 
<laughs> you are a, a, a wonder. Don't call me a degenerate. It's not. It's just a. Yeah. I didn't call you one. Okay, thank you. you Maybe one, but I didn't call you one. All right, hour two in Los Angeles. It's the herd. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.